0: The second work session of the Richmond City Council will now come to order. Madam Clerk, if you would read the uh, electronic meeting announcement followed by the roll call.
1: Yes, Madam President. Before we begin this afternoon's meeting, I must state the following for the record. This work session will be held through electronic communication means pursuant to and in compliance with ordinance number 2020-093 adopted April 9th of 2020, as most recently amended by ordinance number 2020-232 adopted December 14th of 2020. Notice of this work session was provided to the public by means of a public information information advisory issued on Thursday, February 11th of 2021, as well as through Legistar on the city's website in accordance with our usual practice. There will be no opportunities for public comment and no public hearings during this session. In order to identify each council member who is present electronically for this session, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison Mr. Addison, if you don't mind, please unmuting yourself
2: here. Present.
1: Thank you. Miss um, Jordan. Here. Miss Lambert. Here. Miss Larson. Miss Lynch. Miss Trammell. Here. Mr. Jones. Vice President Robertson. And President Newbill. Here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Madam Clark, we will now proceed with the presentation. And I believe uh, uh, we have Mr. Jay Brown with us with budget and strategic planning. Welcome, Mr. Brown, our uh, director of budget and strategic planning.
3: Good afternoon, Madam President and members of city council. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to share my screen and please inform me that you can see my screen. Can you see my presentation?
0: Yes, we can, sir.
3: Okay. Well, without further ado, if there are no other comments, um, may I proceed, Madam President? Absolutely, Mr.
0: Brown. Thank you.
3: Good afternoon again, uh, members of City Council. My name is Jay Brown and I am the director of the Department of Budget and Strategic Planning. I have a fairly thorough presentation to go over the mayor's FY22 budget for you. We're going to start off by doing an overview of the proposed budget. We will talk about general fund revenues to include some high-level changes. We'll then go over major general fund expenditure changes to include things such as debt service and new offices. We will then matriculate into a discussion on personnel, particularly as it relates to salary increases and employee benefits, particularly for health insurance and retirement. And then I will do a brief overview of the FY22 through 26 capital improvement plan and a very brief overview of the Department of Public Utilities. So the FY22 proposed budget. This proposed budget was developed using a zero-based budget methodology. This is a city council requirement. This methodology allows our agencies to build their budgets from the ground up or starting from zero, which means agencies have the flexibility to move funds across numerous account codes, services, and programs from year to year as they provide justifications. We're also continuing to use our performance-based budget methodology. You will see that we have included an additional seven agencies for a combined total of 21 agencies that are submitting a performance-based budget. We used our five year forecast as a guide. If you recall, I gave a presentation at the end of January talking about our five year revenue and expenditure projection outlook. And the recommendations in the proposed budget were developed by reviewing the justifications submitted by our agencies, reviewing our actuals in our last two completed fiscal years, known information that we know at this point in time in our current year budget, The availability of proposed revenues, which is perhaps most important. We also looked at best financial and budgetary practices. We also looked at what we feel will push the organization and ultimately the city forward. And finally, we still included known contractual obligations and mandates as provided by city departments. So when we look at this proposed budget, we want to talk very briefly about, and we will touch on this further within the presentation, is that we looked at the incorporation of best financial and budgetary practices. If you recall, the city has made tremendous um, strides in the past few fiscal years, and we are continuing to do so in this proposed budget. These best financial practices and budgetary practices often take a multi-year approach to accomplish an objective, which starts in this upcoming fiscal year. We've maintained certain investments from the prior fiscal years, particularly investments within our affordable housing trust fund and and investments within our eviction diversion program. This budget also includes new and enhanced investments, particularly as it relates to employee pay, education, our neighborhoods and streets, new organizational units and functions, as well as reimagining public safety. So some of these new and enhanced investments, which, again, we will talk a little bit more in detail within the presentation. This budget is pro-employee and that it continues to focus on our employees by having funding for the implementation of the classification and compensation plan for non-sworn staff. This budget also includes funding for a two-step increase for our sworn staff, as well as a 5% salary increase for our constitutional officers and their staff as approved by the state. In terms of education, this budget includes additional operating funds for Richmond Public Schools, an additional $4.6 million in reoccurring funding, plus an additional $1.8 million, which is from Richmond Public Schools' prior year fund balance. This fully satisfies the request that Richmond Public Schools made of the city in terms of local contributions to the school district. In terms of our neighborhoods and our streets, there is significant investments in paving and sidewalks funding, um, within our neighborhoods through a program known as Complete Streets within our capital budget. We are also continuing to utilize our state funding through our Central Virginia Transportation Authority related um, special fund for transportation for transportation related projects. And we're also looking at within our capital budget funds to complete Fire Station 12 as well as complete the Southside Community Center. We have new offices that are created within this budget specifically A new office for children and families, which will be located within the Department of Human Services, new office of equity and inclusion located within the Department of Human Services, again, and a new office of engagement. that will be located within the Department of Citizen Service and response. There is continued emphasis on major priorities, particularly as it relates to public safety. Uh, we're going to talk about retention, particularly as relates to funding for that two-step increase, and focus on mental health, specifically as relates to uh, mental health-related um, exams for our um, staff within the police department, as well as 1.1 million in funding within the Department of Emergency Communications for the Richmond Marcus Alert Pilot Project. We are continuing to focus on our efforts to reduce poverty within the city because this is um, a critical area for the city and we are also going to focus on maintaining our core services so in terms of revenues our budget is based on the amount of revenues that we anticipate that we will bring in in any fiscal year this chart shows the impact of covid 19 on our revenues if you recall we had a fy 20 budget of nearly 746.1 million dollars adopted but this time Last year, around March 6th of 2020, we had a proposed budget of $782.6 million. A week later, the city was declaring a state of emergency. And just about a month after that, because of the implications of COVID, we reduced the budget by $38.5 million to get to an adopted 21 budget of $744.1 million. Again, reflecting the implications of COVID-19 to our budget. And if you recall, we had to reduce the, the FY21 current year budget again um, at the second quarter, based still based on the implications of COVID-19 on city finances. However, the FY22 budget is projected at $770.2 million, still higher than our adopted FY21 budget. However, when you look at our FY21 budget, proposed budget, of 782.6, we had one-time funding sources of $3.6 million. When you exclude the one-time funding sources, that leaves the city of about $779 million. Compared to our FY22 proposed budget of $770.3 million, we have one-time funding sources of nearly $10 million. For a proposed budget, when you exclude the one-time funding sources of $760.4 million. That reflects an $18.5 million decline from the proposed budget pre-COVID of last year of of 782.6 down to 779 to where we are right now when you exclude the one-time funding sources in the FY22 budget. So I state that to state that we are still seeing and reeling from the implications of COVID-19 on our revenues, both in this current year and projecting that moving forward in FY22. So some major highlights in our revenue budget, our real estate taxes, our largest source, single source of revenue. In our budget, we are recommending to maintain the tax rate at $1.20 per $100 of assessed value. We are projected to realize growth in our assessed value based on information provided by the city assessor. This budget includes a 6.5% increase in taxable real property values in 22 over the prior year land book. This results in additional revenues. We are projected to realize about 26 more million dollars in FY22 as compared to FY21, just in real estate taxes, again, reflective of a very healthy projected housing market. We are projecting increases in several other sources, such as our court costs, our payment in lieu of taxes, which is our payment from the Department of Public Utilities, as well as our sales taxes and our sales taxes. We are projecting that to be about one point four million dollars higher, reflective of what I call consumer at home habits of that. Even though we have um, a lot of individuals that are staying or working from home, they're still shopping online and and the city is still generating sales taxes from those purchases. In the proposed budget, we have a revenue category called transfers in. That budget is nineteen point four million dollars in total. That includes, again, the nearly $10 million in one-time funding sources, and it continues to reflect $9.5 million in the Department of Public Utilities dividend payment. So between FY21 and FY22, there's a $7.3 million increase in this transfers in revenue category. But speaking directly to the one-time funding sources, what are those one-time funding sources that we have in the proposed budget? Well, I have them listed right here. Uh, most of the funding sources are coming from the assigned portion of the fund balance, specifically $5.2 million coming from the capital reserve, $1.8 million coming from the school facilities portion of the mills tax money that was generated by the increase in mills taxes several years ago. To help offset a portion of the debt that we have to pay for the constructions of the three recently completed schools, 548000 from the assigned fund balance for COVID-19 contingencies. And three hundred and six thousand um, earmarked for the percent for the arts project. That also includes ninety one thousand dollars as a part of the committed portion of the fund balance, as well as one point eight million dollars, which is reflective of Richmond Public Schools request of the city of utilizing their um, prior year fund balance. In this case, FY21 fund balance to be appropriated back to Richmond Public Schools. We also projected to realize a $1.1 million increase in state aid. This is slightly higher due to projected additional reimbursement for the state approved 5% salary increase. However, we are projected to see declines in other sources of revenues, again, reflecting the impacts of COVID-19 in FY22, based on information that we know at this point in time. Um, We are projected to um, see a reduction in our consumer driven taxes of nearly $10 million. This is inclusive of a reduction of about $1 million in the admissions taxes, $5.2 million in the the prepared food meals taxes, an additional $1.3 million in the meals tax increase associated for Richmond Public Schools constructions of of the recently completed three new schools, and $2.5 million reduction in our lodging taxes. Again, completely related to uh, what we anticipate uh, will be a continuation of the pandemic, um, slightly moving forward into FY22. We're also projected to see a decline in our permits and other licenses of $2.6 million from the standpoint that the pandemic has delayed a large number of commercial and residential construction projects. And finally, a slight decrease in our personal property taxes of five hundred eleven thousand and our bank stock taxes of approximately five hundred thousand dollars. A recent development just last week, we were made aware by our lobbyists that the gray machines or the game of games of skill revenues. um we had seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the proposed budget, but it appears that the governor will be seeking to amend the legislation to eliminate these games of skills effective June 30th. This will result in a seven hundred and fifty thousand reduction in revenues in the proposed budget starting on July 1. It's our recommendation that if there is any new revenue that may be presented and certified by the administration, that this is used to fill this gap in FY22. Moving into our tax rate and our fee rates, again, the general fund taxes remain unchanged. There are no proposed tax increases in the proposed 22 budget. However, there are several fee increases to non-general fund um, fees, specifically for cemeteries and utilities. The rate increases in cemeteries is needed in order to ensure the realignment of our fees to the existing local market. And despite these increases, the city will remain the lowest cost provider in terms of burial services within the region. And there are proposed fee or rate increases for our utilities. These increases are needed to ensure that we remain in compliance with our financial policies to provide adequate working capital for each of our utilities. Ensure that we have sufficient cash and we'll talk about this further in the presentation for utility related capital projects to maintain sufficient ratios for our debt and equity coverages and to seek to improve our bond ratings for our our Department of Public Utilities. Specifically, these rate increases include a 2.75% increase in natural gas, 2.5% increase in water, 4% increase in wastewater and an 8.75% increase in our stormwater fees combined increase per month for each of the utilities is an estimated $5.27 for residential customers. So in terms of our revenues, uh, now that we know how much revenues we are projected to bring in in FY22, I want to go over some um, brief expenditure highlights in the proposed budget. First thing I want to start talking about was we focused um, particularly on the pillars of a stable government and the incorporation of best financial and budgetary practices. And you'll see that through specifically three new budget or financial policies that we are seeking to implement starting in the upcoming fiscal year. I will state that we have some legislation coming through a resolution that we will um, like to um, um, work with city council for um, seeking to adopt these resolutions that focus on these um, upcoming three policies. The first is that we really need to uh, put some more funding cash towards our capital budget. The goal is to try to get to about 3% of general fund tax revenues within five years. I'm going towards our capital budget specifically for city facility maintenance projects. The FY22 budget includes an increase of $1.4 million in cash as a contribution to our capital budget for the City Hall um, CIP project. By FY26, the goal is to have an annual allocation of nearly $18.5 million annually of cash going into our capital budget. This is the best financial practice. This is looked favorably um, by the rating agencies um, and also can help to alleviate um, a portion of our debt capacity from the standpoint of taking out more in general obligation bonds. Again, specifically for um, city related facility maintenance projects. The second policy, um, if you recall, uh, my city auditor um, recently completed an audit um, discussing the city's other post-employment benefits, or OPEB. The city has a liability of nearly $116 million as of June 30th. And our auditor uh, very briefly recommended that the city fund more towards our ARC, or our annual required contribution, in order to fund our OPEB liability. That total liability... Right now, an additional funding is about $11 million. The goal is to get to funding our full liability within three years. So by FY 2024, we're starting that with an initial allocation in this proposed budget of $1.4 million towards the OPEP trust fund. And the final policy is to develop a risk management claims reserve. The goal is to get to about 20 percent of our estimated claims costs into a reserve specifically for our city's self-insurance risk management fund. This reserve will be used to help address uh, periodic spikes in claims that we may experience like we will experience um, that I will talk about in the next moment or two. The goal is to reach about one point two million dollars within five years. This proposed budget includes a starting allocation of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars towards this risk management claims reserve fund. So those are the major financial policies that we have in this budget that we feel that, that will move the city forward and help put us closer towards a path of, of achieving a triple A status. Well, moving forward um, within what else is in this budget, this budget does invest in city buildings and infrastructure, and I talked about that very briefly. We have cash funding to help address deferred maintenance in our city facilities. The cash contribution to the CIP for city buildings and infrastructure is $6.6 million. That's $1.4 million, again, coming from the policy towards city hall and $5.2 million coming from the city's assigned but assigned fund balance, specifically from the Capital Maintenance Reserve Fund for both Richmond Public Schools and city capital maintenance projects. This budget invests in our city workforce. The general fund budget includes about $5.8 million to fund phase two of the Classification and Compensation Study. This proposal seeks to increase the salaries of employees uh, closer to the midpoint within their respective job class. Uh, this is needed because this will take steps towards equalizing pay throughout the city while also seeking to address a a, a much larger challenge that we have in the city, which is a growing turnover um, of city staff. This proposed funding um, is recommended to start October 1st um, for five point eight million dollars within the general fund. In addition to our workforce, we also have funding for our sworn staff for a two step increase. That's approximately two and a half million dollars. This two step increase is to one, cover the step increase that was eliminated or removed from the FY21 last year's proposed budget in response to COVID and two. A step increase for FY22. So this is a step increase for what was eliminated in the proposed budget for this current year and a step increase for FY22. This will help to address retention within our police and fire departments. Uh, the funding level will still be maintained uh, for an implementation date of October the 1st. And we want to ensure the transparency of this funding. The funding continues to remain in the natural account called public safety lump sum within the police and fire departments for transparency purposes. Other high-level changes, if you recall our of discussion, um, in January of the five-year forecast, we're going to realize a $2.2 million increase in our debt service. This is a non-discretionary cost that the city must pay in order for its debt service-related costs. Our risk management costs, going to increase by $2 million. The increase is due to prior years Experiences and claims, particularly as it relates to the civil unrest and workers' comps, and this uh, necessitates the, the the strong need to have a risk management claim reserve. Um, And that's why a part of the two million dollar increase is includes the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to help build that reserve. So in the future, when 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 there are additional periodic spikes, there will be a reserve there for management to um, um, tap into as an option so that the full cost will not be borne by the general fund. In terms of non-departmental, very high level, there's a nine hundred fifty thousand decrease at the departmental level for the entire agency. Um, You will recall I talked about an an increase in the other post employment benefits trust fund. That's a net increase of one million one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We had two hundred and fifty thousand in the base budget. We increased that by one million one hundred and fifty thousand to get to a combined contribution of one point four million million dollars. We talked about a net increase to the risk management transfer of two million dollars. We need to increase our contribution to the Richmond Public Schools CIP Construction Reserve Fund in order to pay our debt costs in order to ensure that we have the funding to pay the debt for the three schools that were built. You'll see a reduction in our contribution to our Greater Richmond Convention Center Authority. This is tied directly to our lodging tax revenues which, if you recall, I just mentioned that there was a reduction of $2.6 million in revenues. There will be commensurate re- reduction of $2.6 million in this expense to the Greater Richmond Convention Center Authority and a projected decrease of $1 million to the Richmond Ambulance Authority. You see about a $1.3 million increase in multiple agencies, well, throughout multiple agencies' budgets as related to fleet costs. We have a increase of $147,000 thousand dollars in our human resources department, which was an amendment to our Cigna um, EAP contract. And then finally, we have a slight increase to the registrar's office of about ninety seven thousand dollars, specifically as relates to the redistricting funds for um, statutory mailings um, that we understand needs to be um, needs to take place as relates to redistricting. Now, there are certain new offices that are created in this proposed budget, new offices um, that are part of existing departments. And these are not new departments, but these are going to be standalone units within specific agencies. If you recall, I mentioned that we have in this proposed budget a new office of children and families that will focus on improving outcomes for our youngest residents and our families within the city. Funding is earmarked and recommended within the Department of Human Services as a separate New program, and the new cost includes one new position as well as seven thousand dollars in operating dollars. If you recall, um, this was one of the new units that was recommended in last year's FY21 proposed budget, but was eliminated in in response to the um, coronavirus pandemic. So this proposed budget recommends bringing that rec- it recommends bringing that recommendation back forward. There's also a new office of equity and inclusion. This office will focus on creating sustainable policy and structural change, resulting in a more equitable and a more inclusive city and the focus on empowering marginalized communities who have experienced past injustice. This funding is will also be located within the Department of Human Services as a separate program and includes one new position transferred from the mayor's office and a little over one hundred thousand dollars in new operational funds. Finally, we have a new office of engagement, formerly known as the office of the press secretary. The focus of this office will be to engage the community in active outreach, communications, public events, and official announcements from a collective of Richmond City government. This funding will be located within our Department of Citizen Service and Response, and it will include five existing positions that will be transferred from the former Office of the Press Secretary, one new position, and about 100000 in new operating funds. And so with those reorgs, here's a high-level overview of some of the personnel or position transfers. i talked about the reorgs. You will see the elimination of the Office of the Press Secretary. You see a decrease of six FTEs. One was transferred to the mayor's office. Five were transferred to the Department of Citizen Service and Response. The Department of Citizen Service and Response relative to the reorg received an increase of six new positions. Five were transferred from the Office of the Press Secretary and the sixth one, is a new FT, and the Department of Human Services received one new position for the Office of Children and Families, one new position to hire a community safety coordinator, and one new position for Office of Equity and Inclusion that was transferred from the mayor's office. Separate from the reorgs, the Department of Citizen Service and Response did receive an additional two FTEs. These positions were approved during FY21, and they were needed to ensure um, an increased capacity enhanced service, delivery, and responsiveness within our call center. Now, I talked about debt. Um, there's a, a little over a $2.2 million increase in our debt costs. The 21 budget had 75.2 versus 77.4. This is exclusive of our cash contributions to the, to the CIP. But as I mentioned earlier in the presentation, this is a continuation of the themes discussed in late January as a part of the five-year forecast. Uh, this increase in debt service is a result of a high level of outstanding general fund supported debt for our capital projects. And we will, as a city, will continue, as we have mentioned in the past, to use our low interest variable rate line of credit to provide interim financing for our capital projects. And we're going to continue to ensure that we stay within our self-imposed debt policy limits. We talked about our general fund cash contributions to the CFP. I talked about this at a high level. The adopted budget was million versus 6.9 million. A portion of the funds again that are used from this cash are from the assigned portion of the fund balance. Out of the 6.9 million, 6.6 is funding to address critical deferred maintenance for city buildings. And 306,000 is cash transferred to the percent for the arts capital project. Again from the assigned portion of the city's fund balance. Now moving to the city's general fund personnel complement, we have approximately 3700 FTEs in the in the general fund. Very 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 slight increase from our current year of 3693 up to 3697. There are frozen FTEs, meaning positions that are at, are administratively frozen or do not have funding, of about 606 positions in the proposed budget, which is an increase of a little over 150 from our current fiscal year. Richmond Public Schools has a general fund FT count of three thousand four hundred and excuse me nineteen as provided by Richmond Public Schools. Now one of the best practices that we um, started to implement in the FY twenty two budget is the implementation of position control. This process will focus on the creation, the maintenance, and the monitoring of positions throughout the budget and monitoring those positions relative to spending within agencies' budgets. So what this budget provides by departments are the specific positions and the corresponding funding levels for those specific positions. Doing so enables us to have better visibility of which positions will be funded, which service levels will be impacted by those that are funded versus those that are not. Um, and it also helps to better align the budget with those uh, positions that are funded. Um, it also helps to allow us to better compare what we have budgeted for those positions versus what our actual costs are, as we um, help to ensure increased an increased level of account of accountability at the departmental level. And also, this finally um, reduces the potential threat of over hiring. So we have implemented this or started to implement this with the advent of the FY22 proposed budget. You will notice in the budget documents that we have outlined by agency, by job classes, which ones are funded versus those that are not. And we're going to be seeking to implement this moving forward, working with every single agency. Pay raises. There are no bonuses in the proposed budget budget, but there is a five percent salary increase for all constitutional officers and their staff or state funded employees. This was something that uh, we received indication about by, by about the uh, the latter part of February from the state. Again, there's a two step increase for sworn staff. And then there's funding in the budget for the implementation of the second phase of the class and comp plan, which will be included for many cities, city staff. But this is exclusive of, of sworn and state funded positions. The FY22 budget does not include a cost of living adjustment for retirees. In terms of benefits, uh, very briefly, health insurance, health insurance premiums are projected to increase by about 4 percent compared to the 2021 calendar rate. That corresponds to about a 2 percent increase citywide on a fiscal year basis in FY22. Specifically, you will see at the top of this slide, we have $29.5 million in the current year adopted budget for health insurance and a slight increase of about $29.9 million for health insurance in FY22. In terms of our Richmond retirement system, we received a slight increase in the rates. For general employees, we have a current year rate of 84.31% versus 84.74% for general employees to put this in perspective if you have an employee that's in the defined benefits plan uh the city right now is paying $84,310 that will increase to $84,740 in FY22 for those general employees um, for that example um, in um, who work for the for the city in the defined benefits plan The retirement rate for sworn police and fire is increasing from 38.4 percent to 39.47 percent. We have an FY21 adopted amount for retirement of $44.4 million versus $44.1 million, a very slight decrease. Um, but this is reflective of um, some older employees that may have retired with lower salaries and as a result with of lower retirement rates that we are paying. But still, this is a required cost that we have to pay because we must pay for our um, annual required contribution to the Richmond retirement system. And these rates ensure that we've for and paid for that amount. For the retirement system. Now, my next discussion topic will be on the capital budget, FY 22 through FY 26. The capital improvement plan. If you recall, this is um, similar themes from the prior fiscal year, where we've had nominal levels of capital funding have resulted in deferred maintenance, disinvestment, and challenging conditions in our physical assets and infrastructure for the city. So what we've done in this um, proposed capital budget is that this budget focuses on our neighborhoods and our streets, our schools, addressing life health and safety issues. We've tried to make minimal adjustments to the plan years, and we've also focused on what will it take to complete certain projects. And with our resources, if you recall, the planned FY22, which is the 22 budget in last year's five-year CI plan, was 65.6 million dollars. Well, what's proposed is a slight decrease of sixty sixty three point two million dollars. Our revenues include additional cash funding. And we talked about that in several slides earlier in terms of additional cash going into critical citywide facility maintenance projects. But we also had some reductions, particularly as it relates to changes in timing to our federal and state revenues. And we also saw a um, the removal of capital funding in this current year for the CVTA out of the capital budget, but into a special fund. In terms of some highlights, the capital budget includes funds to um, replace, to fully replace and complete the uh, replacement of Fire Station 12 and FY22. The Budget includes an additional $8 million to fully fund the Southside Community Center over five years, it provides nearly $28 million in funding for the enslaved African heritage campus about 11.25 million and capital maintenance for all city uh, of Richmond facilities. It provides $7 million for a fleet, particularly for critical fire apparatus of $2.4 million. And about $3 million of that $7 million is for much needed uh, vehicles within our Richmond Police Department. The capital budget continues to maintain $200 million in Richmond public schools in FY 2024 for the school modernization project that includes funding for a new George with high school and a new vocational school includes funding, increased funding again for security at city hall. And as I mentioned, it does include cash towards um, the, the capital budget, which again, is a best financial practice. So in terms of our resources, this chart shows you right here, where our resources are coming from to fund our capital budget. Well, the largest resources for our capital budget and for our 22 are geo bonds, which is a part of the pie on the left end, orange and our federal state state dollars. So you can see um, we rely heavily on our debt and receiving aid from the federal government and the state government for our capital budget. The cash portion of the pie, the little gray um, part of the pie um, is larger. And that is something that we want to and expect you to um, increase as we move with the cash policy, cash funding, our CIP policy as we, as we move forward in the next several fiscal years. But where is our money going in our cap capital budget? Well, majority of the funding goes towards our transportation project that is reflective of the significant amount of revenue that we gain from the federal and the state government. Um, the next largest slices of the pie is public safety, followed by city equipment and city facilities and culture and recs to highlight specifically kind of what we are talking about in each of these categories within transportation in FY22, you will see the largest sources of the power relates to our complete streets programming, which is a new type of approach um, that we're doing in the capital budget. It focuses on transportation policy and design that requires streets to be planned, designed, operated and maintained in order to enable safe, convenient and comfortable travel for everyone who uses our roads. Uh, this includes funding for paving, for pedestrian crossings, for sidewalk projects, sidewalks and alley improvements. So we have combined most of those within a um, aggr- an aggregate pro- project called Complete Streets, which has about an $8.2 million allocation. There's also funding in 22 for the whole street project. We have four million for major bridges, three and a half million for Chaco Valley Street improvements and nearly 11 million for other things. And other things includes a, um, a host of smaller transportation related projects such as new traffic control signals, bicycle infrastructure, street lightings, um, the East Broad Street Bridge replacement and several others. When you look at our capital budget, we have a part of the capital budget related to education. Um, we have two point one million dollars recommended for uh, school, Richmond Public Schools maintenance. That is all cash that is recommended to go to Richmond Pub- Public Schools for their maintenance. Um, I will say that as of the second quarter, Richmond Public Schools had about $25.2 million in unspent appropriations amongst all of their um, CIP projects. But this budget recommends $2.1 million, million dollars for school capital maintenance in 22. Within the economic and development category, we have about a little over five hundred sixty thousand for the percent for the arts project and about three hundred eighty thousand for the Tredegar Browns Island Accessibility Project. Within the culture and rec category, we still have funding for critical investments within our major parks. our Neighborhood park renovations, park and rec building maintenance, as well as a million and a half um, in the first year of the upcoming CFP for the Southside community center. And public safety, um, the largest part of FY 22 is the replacement of Fire Station 12. This will complete that project, something that we are very excited about. This will be uh, a much needed project for the neighborhood. We also have funding for fire station maintenance for a little over one one million, and we have maintenance for um, our courts buildings, to include our John Marshall Courts Building for 1.3 million, our Manchester Courts for $1.1 1 million, and our Oliver Hill Courts Building for 300 thousand, as well as funding for our police headquarters and our juvenile detention. Center so in summary a five-year proposed capital improvement plan over five years includes nearly 119 million transportation related projects again over the five-year CIP plan 212 million over five years for school modernization and maintenance 28 million for the enslaved African heritage campus funding to complete the Southside community center and the fire station 12 replacement as well as funding for critical facility upgrades, renovations, and improvements. And last but not least, I I would be remiss in not speaking about our Department of Public Utilities. I want to touch back on the capital budget since I just finished talking about the capital budget. But one of the biggest differences between the utilities and the and the operating budget in terms of capital is that the funding sources for our Department of Public Utilities is a little bit. Um, Skewed, I say, in a better direction is that if you look at this chart, uh, nearly 30 percent of their 22 capital budget comes comes from cash. Uh, That's about forty six million dollars versus about 56 percent coming from revenue bonds and a small portion coming coming from grants. So the Department of Public Utilities um, has has a greater flexibility of providing um, cash towards their capital budget. But where is the money going towards in FY22 as related to the capital budget for utilities? Majority of this is going into the yellow portion of, of the pie. Um, slightly over half of the funding is going towards our wastewater utility infrastructure. See, this is a critical need within our Department of Public Utilities. And you can see where majority of the resources going towards our wastewater um, infrastructure, followed by our water, followed by our gas, which is the lighter green part of the pie, and then our stormwater. These next charts show an estimate of the total amount of funding for utilities for capital to be inclusive of all prior year available appropriations and what's in the five year plan. And you can see on the left side, again, where a majority of the resources will be going towards the lighter green part of the pie on the left. Three hundred seventy three point one million dollars is again going towards. Wastewater improvements over five years, followed by water, which is in blue, followed by gas, um, and then storm water. Um, conversely, the plan funding sources, as I mentioned, um, utilities has a greater flexibility in use, in utilizing cash for their capital budget. They are using the blue part of the pie on the right chart, majority of that is cash and their reserves, so nearly pushing on fifty percent. Over five years, again, which includes prior year appropriations, as well as what's in the recommended five year CIP plan, uh, will be funded by cash, followed by new bonds, which is the darker um, part of the pie, kind of in the upper left left hand quadrant of the circle. But relative to the five year C- CIP, this chart right here shows you several um, interesting aspects of our non-general fund um, CIP. The green portion here represents our capital needs that that can be accomplished with our existing rate structure that we currently have now. The yellow portion represents our capital needs that can only be accomplished with rate increases. And so the rate increases that we have in there for FY22 does not cover all of these needs. There will be a continued recommendation for rate increases over the five year period to ensure that our Department of Public Utilities has the resources that they need to address. Uh, many of those infrastructure related challenges that I talked about, particularly in the wastewater and in the water area. The red part of this chart represents the companies that cannot yet be scheduled due to a lack of a needed business infrastructure uh, within our Department of Public Utilities, specifically staffing and equipment. However, DPU is working on a plan to build that infrastructure and in once that infrastructure has been built out they will be coming back and looking at um, their existing rate structure and looking at any uh, possible rate increases in the future to execute projects. Finally, in terms of utilities, i talked about the rate increases. Um, You'll see here on this chart, each of the utilities between gas water, wastewater and stormwater. The second column reflects the incremental revenues that will be generated by the rate increases. So for gas, With that rate increase, it should generate an additional $2.4 million, but the increase, the average or typical increase to a residence bill is only $1.52 for gas. For waste, for water, $1.6 million in revenues that will be generated, It's about a 91 cent increase to a residence bill for water. For wastewater, about $3.3 million in additional revenue. That's about an increase of $2.48 dollars 48 for stormwater, even though this is an 8.75% increase in the rate and will generate about 1.1 million dollars to the stormwater utility, the typical average increase per month for a resident is about 36 cents. So in total about 8.4 million dollars will be generated by these rate increases that should equal to about an average of about an increase of $5.27. Per month, per residential, um, utility bill. Madam President and members of City Council, that concludes my presentation. I'm here to answer any questions that you may have. We also have staff on the line who might be here to help answer any questions. And if you do not mind, if I can take a five second water break before I answer questions.
0: <laughs> yes, that would be like like Mr. Brown. Brown. Please do. Members, I will uh, call you in the order. Uh, and so we have Ms. Lambert, Ms. Larson uh, in that order as soon as Mr. Brown uh, rejoins us. I'm ready. Thank Perfect.
3: you, Ms. Brown. Thank you, Madam
4: Ms.
0: President.
4: Lambert. Yes, thank you, Madam President. Um, I had a quick question about the employees' um I see that we have 606 unfunded positions currently. Um, The question is the raise for all the employees. You said it's like mid-level, the midpoint transition or something to the point. I saw something said midpoint. Yes. So does that include all general employees as well will be getting an increase, or are you looking at a certain um, portion of the employees
3: of the city? Okay. My understanding is that through the classification and comp plan, um, HR will be working to implement this and that it will only be given to employees that will be eligible to receive an increase. And if we have someone from HR on the call, um, if they can um, ex- elaborate a little bit more on the potential um eligibility of the classification and comp plan because um councilwoman Lambert, um not every employee will receive not every general employee will receive an increase. If you are an employee that is already above the midpoint, um at this point, um I do not believe that you would receive an an increase, but I believe we have someone from HR on a line who can explain this in more detail. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Miss. Hello. Mr. This
5: is, yes, this is Robin Redman. That is correct what um, Jay has just said, that um, it is if you are around midpoint or below and you're eligible for this increase then that would be the increase you receive on the general pay plan it doesn't right now um, consider that everybody would get something
0: thank you mr rep mr saunders did you have something to uh, you wanted to add to that
6: i would just say from a kind of a, a round numbers estimate um, for to, to try and get to councilwoman's question so with out of the um, FTEs of 3,697, of which 600 are not um, funded, so that means that you have a little shy of 3,100 um, positions or FTE, uh, actually funded positions. Of those, uh, I w- would kind of, just to give you the councilman a ballpark, about 2,500 or more are below midpoint today. And so we'd be working to bring those up. So we do have about roughly 500 uh, positions that that have been making, uh, you know, at or above the midpoint for their position, um, likely based on uh, their their years and job, et cetera. So not to say that that's not a gap in our um, goals to address employee compensation citywide. Uh, but to address it for the twenty five hundred or more who are below midpoint today is a significant step forward.
4: OK. And so when you say midpoint, is that um, um, when you say almost vested like to two years or two point five years into employment? Is that what you're talking about? Employees who haven't reached that?
6: Well, um, if I could back up just a little bit. And again, I may have Robin back me up here. But uh, a couple of years ago, the city completed its uh, class and compensation study that looked at all positions within the city. All. Uh, and so they ascribed a market. Midpoint, both a minimum a maximum, and then a midpoint based on the actual position you were, that employees were in. There was also some, some um, you know, position consolidation, et cetera, as far as um, you know, condensing the number of actual specific job titles we have within the city. Um, but the main focus was looking at what a competitive market wage would be, which you would say is you know either at or above market midpoint. Uh, to be truly competitive, and so this is about achieving the the pay scale that was outlined in the Gallagher study.
4: Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the
0: answer.
6: Thank you, Councilman.
0: Thank you. Ms. Larson? Um,
7: Thank you, Dr. Newville. Uh, Okay. I have a couple questions for Mr. Brown, thank you for the presentation. So, um, with the CIP projects, in August, we present, or I guess previous years it's been later, but we we send in district requests for district CIP projects. Um, none of mine were funded this year. I have one district project projected for the next five years. Um, and maybe this isn't a question for Mr. Brown, maybe it's a question for our staff. I'd like to see, you know, how many of those district requests are, are getting funded um, because we spend a lot of time and effort on putting them together and for them to not get funded year after year, it's frustrating um, as well as several of them are based on requests from traffic studies that we've done. So the city's already expended dollars, taxpayer dollars to do the study that then comes with recommendations on safety um, features that needs to be added to roads. And it's just it's not happening.
3: Well, Councilwoman Robinson, I, I, I understand your concerns. I will say that in a capital book. We do have a listing of all of the proposed capital projects by council district. That could be a first start and um, not knowing exactly what that you may have made. I know that a majority of the council members requests are transportation related, particularly as related to paving. Uh, We can definitely sit down with you and any council member working with our Department of Public Works to identify specifically what paving or sidewalk projects uh, may be um, um, on deck, for lack of better words, um, relative to specific council districts.
7: Okay. I'm happy to sit down with you. I would really like somebody to do an analysis of the requests that council members put in and how many requests are fulfilled. I'd like to see that because if we're spending all this time collectively, nine different offices putting in these requests and year over year, they're not getting funded. Then why are we, why are we even um, so Dr. Newbell I don't know if that's something our staff could do or something the mayor's off budget office can do, but I would, I would like to see that because At least it's not working for my office.
0: I'm not getting things funded. Okay. Ms. Larson, I, Mr. Saunders, did you want to speak to that particular item or?
6: Maybe it's less of a direct response to Councilman Larson's comment or, uh, or question about an analysis by district. But um, I would say that the administration would like to engage in a conversation with the council uh, about Beginning our conversation, particularly related to the capital budget earlier uh, into the summer and fall, I think there is, um, I would call it perhaps a misconception of whether um, district projects or proposals are, are not being funded or perhaps a um, just a broader understanding of, of what is or is not c- capable of being funded in our capital budget based on available resources. Um,
0: Thank you, Mr. Saunders. Ms. Larson, I will um, follow up, have follow up conversation with our staff and Mr. Brown, our staff may need to, I'm sure will need to uh, work in conjunction with you to delineate uh, per Ms. Larson's request, the district requests and uh, that have uh, been included this year. So I'll follow up with Mr. Eichenberger, are you on the line at this time?
8: I believe Bill is, but um, this is Samson Anderson. I am also watching okay. uh, from the chief of staff's office as well. Sure, i one
9: um, here, but Samson's going to answer your question. Thank you.
0: I'm sorry. I couldn't see your uh, your little symbol there. No problem. Mr. Anderson, yes.
8: Um, I've been reviewing the CIP for this year for the chief of staff's council's office, and I have broken out – Started the breakout as far as um, what is being proposed and planned and funded by district. Uh, a further breakout would need to be done in regards to what y'all have request. I have not gotten to that step yet, but I can, okay. uh, per a uh, council member Larson's request, delve into that. Um, those are usually submitted to uh, in the past to Megan, so I would go through her files and, and get that information for y'all. In regards to that comparison, as far as the majority of, of y'all's requests being paving related, there is a, a slight change in the capital uh, improvement program this year where a lot of the paving and the sidewalks, et cetera, were all lumped into one line item of co- called Complete Streets, whereas there have previously been several other programs broken out. Um, and so we might – the council members that would like even more detail than what I can give might want to do a meeting with administration, uh, with DPW, DPU, et cetera, um, uh, over, over what's included in Complete Streets compared to their district because that would so be you know, another level of detail if that makes sense.
0: Sure. And so what you described initially, um, is that possible to have for our next work session so members can have that? And then if there is
9: greater detail. Can I address that? This is Bill Ekelberger. Yes. Samson is working on doing his capital presentation for the budget work session on April 12th. Okay. Okay. We've been working to get the operating and revenue presentation together for the next budget work session. So it it might be best for us to um, just continue on with the the plan. And Samson can work uh, with me and with the administration to try to build some of these things into the presentation he's going to do on the 12th. and if you've got any specific questions about capital, if you want to send those to us, we can try to get answers. Um, and if they're very specific, we won't build them into the presentation, but we would be able to get answers from the administration for you. I okay. hope that helps.
0: Yeah. So if I heard you correctly, the district-specific um, uh, kind of discussion on the 12th uh, to be included, and if it's great, even greater specificity, then we'll get with members and the administration to get that information exactly Did get that correct okay all right That's Ms. larson will well, that yeah. work just, yes just a quick follow-up so yes
7: um and a clarification my requests are not paved this road my requests are infrastructure requests um so so I'm interested to see if any roads are gonna be paved or proposed to be paved in my district next year. But this conversation I'm having about the CIP request is separate from the okay. roads. And but okay. I, I do have another follow-up question related to the budget presentation. So yes. so if I am not the only council member who is not getting things funded in CIP. And I'm sure we all have a handful of things that have been in the pipeline for years and we just continued to get them not funded. So um, um, Jay had mentioned that she had, I think 25 million left in CIP, um, CIP spending, as well as, I mean, they've gotten dollars, stimulus dollars, and I assume some of those dollars are being used for um, maintenance and whatnot on schools. So I would like to see where we are year to date on that school CIP. I support putting more money putting in, there, but, money in there. but if there's if there's even here, sure, then we need to look at allocating it to other to other infrastructure. infrastructure. Project forward is infrastructure in and around Westover Hills Elementary School. So this is, uh, this is a safety directly related to the road
0: safety. Okay,
6: Mrs. Saunders,
0: it appears um, that your hand is up. And
6: yes, ma'am, I apologize. Yes. Um, I just would ask Councilman Larson if she could provide any, any greater clarity to the um, statement or comments about things not being funded. Um, I believe there's roughly twenty seven million dollars in capital projects currently underway in the fourth district. So I don't know, but that's I, it seems like a pretty significant um, investment in the fourth. And so I just want to know if you could provide any greater clarity. OK,
0: so okay. if Ms. miss Miss Larson. I
7: can send you the spreadsheet that I sent in in August. It has a list of PIP projects, and when I looked at what you all put in your proposed budget, none of them are funded. So that doesn't mean I don't have ongoing projects. I mean, I have the forestal um, project that's been in the pipeline for nearly 15 years that's a $20 million project. Um, I'm talking about Stuff that has come up in my last four years of service that I've put in, made requests to get it funded. And I think maybe I've gotten one item funded during that time, but I'm specifically talking about this year, and I'll I'll resend the spreadsheet that we sent in August when you all requested it.
0: Okay. And, uh, You'll send that Miss Larson to Mr. Saunders and Mr. Brown. Is that correct? Yes, okay, thank you.
7: But, so my but the question about schools is, can we get some like an a, a year to date update on that spending to see if there might be leftover funds from this year? Or maybe they don't need as much funding in the coming year because it might be too much to spend in one fiscal year.
0: Mr. Saunders and Mr. Brown,
3: yes. Um, We will... Monitor Well, we always monitor the um, capital budget and we can certainly provide you with the information from the financial system. I will say that we meet with schools every quarter to ensure that uh, we're both in agreement with the um, spending or the year to date spending for each of the quarterly reports. The next quarterly report will not be until the um third quarter, but we can certainly see if we can um uh, um run a report from the financial system and work with schools to um get you a number for um councilwoman larson and for the entire body of the city council.
0: Thank you, Mr. Brown. With Thank that, Miss Ms. Larson. Yep, was that's
5: that's that, uh, Thank
0: okay. you. Absolutely. Ms. Trammell?
5: Thank you, Madam President. Um, I'm looking at some of the things on here about um, with the employees. We're going to, I guess, it's going to be a freeze on hiring. Like 156 more positions are going to be frozen, um, and then I see that we're creating more um, more you know, we're hiring more people for other departments
0: or, or, or. Madam, President. Madam President? Yes. Yes, Ms. Trammell. Uh, Mr. Could Saunders, meet- Mr. Brown, can you speak to Ms. Trammell's um, inquiry?
3: Certainly, Councilwoman Trammell, um, you are correct. You are correct that this proposed budget funds about um, it funds 156 or so um less positions than in this current year budget. um when i talked about the position control we know exactly which filled positions and vacant positions that we are funding in this budget and so you are i'm correct um in order to ensure that we had funding in the budget for um perhaps one of the largest funded priorities which is the class and comp Comp plan, uh, we wanted to um, ensure that we try to take care of our employees first and that will, um, result perhaps in some potential service level challenges, um, by not funding as many positions in 22 as we did in this current fiscal year. So you are correct with that assessment and there is just a handful of a handful of new positions that were added, um, for the new offices. Um, I can get you that exact number, um, but I, off the top of my head, I don't think it's more than five five or six in total.
5: Jay, I'm just getting you, so Mr. many Redford. calls. I'm getting so many calls in reference to, um, you know, with the filth and the trash all over the city. And, and we found out the other day, or somebody in my district found out that I think at Second Precinct they had like seven code enforcement officers. NAS down to either two or three. I mean Second Precinct serviced like five council members over here. And to me, I know because I just got off the phone earlier with, with the several develop several um, um oh my goodness, they're they're like um, landlords and they're they're having a fit because they've called the city I've given him Lincoln's number from the call, Lincoln, because the guy was just going off on me about, you know, he's, he's called over and over and over about the trash on the property and people are still dumping it and they and he can't get a hold of code enforcement and he doesn't know what, what to do because it's bringing the neighborhood down over there off the of Stockton Street and Decatur Street where a lot of his rental properties are. And so anyway, if we don't have enough code enforcement officers, we, public safety right now, is is really you know we, we've got to be on top of that and then also to take a million dollars from chip decker from the richmond ambulance authority i guess that maybe the mayor's um you know maybe we're waiting for the money to come in or whatever that we're supposed to be getting or might be getting to maybe fill some of these vacancies and maybe come back and look at the budget some more mend the budget whatever because um you know, and then utilities, I'm getting so many calls, and, and I don't understand it. I don't, and, I, and I'm taking the pressure off the council members and off the mayor, and I'm letting them know this came through the governor of Virginia, not us and not the mayor. Where these people have not had to pay the utilities or Dominion power bills or the rent, and so many people ask me, who's going to help us now? That we have paid month after month, we've struggled paying these utility bills and now we're gonna get hit with them, as it was in a paper saying maybe five or ten dollars more extra a month. How do you all expect us to survive? Who is helping us? Who's helping us with, with our our bills that we've paid? And then others are calling and, and getting out in the street yelling we don't have to pay um, utilities, we don't have to pay Dominion Power, we don't have to pay rent. You know what where I mean where are we headed? And maybe sure. we need to let the governor know that I don't think the people should have to pay their mortgages. I don't think people should have to pay these credit cards. Can you imagine when you're late on your credit card with they're charging us? Maybe we shouldn't have to pay our cell phone. Maybe we don't. The people maybe We don't have to pay groceries. What are you doing for the ones that have paid, paid, paid ever since COVID? And, and, and Lincoln, that's what people are asking me. I don't have an answer to them, especially yeah. my seniors.
0: Mr. Saunders, I see your hand. Do you have a response in response to Ms. Trammell's inquiry and questions? Mr. Saunders, you're muted, or Mr. Brown, I'm not sure which of you would like to speak.
6: I apologize. Um, Councilman Trammell's to the, the last comment. Obviously, um, we've been working to provide compassionate support for for residents and families but we also certainly would hope that those who have not experienced income loss or otherwise would not um you know forego paying their utility bills or otherwise it's really about um supporting those who have been impacted by covid 19 and uh, the resulting changes in our economy and and uh, jobs in the the city and region Um, i wanted to maybe just I actually raised my hand in regards to the question about the ambulance authority and otherwise. So, uh, I will say that we, uh, the budget team uh, and administration did look at any and all areas where there was possible, um, savings in order to, to make the budget balance and make things work for this year. Um, we did have several conversations with, um, the Richmond ambulance authority and, and Chip Decker, uh, and have worked with him and his team to explore, uh, other avenues through which they can um, We'll back up for a little bit. Uh, Last year, there was, I would say, a roughly uh, million dollar differential between their operating costs versus their revenues, um, which would enable them to have more money available in their cash reserves. Uh, Traditionally, the Ambulance Authority has been using cash reserves to to do their capital expenditures. We've worked with them to look at other options, including taking advantage of the local government leasing program for that would be available to the Ambulance Authority that will reduce some of their current year costs uh, in order to to maintain their ambulances at the, the level that they certainly expect them to. So we've been working collaboratively with the Ambulance Authority um, through this process and, um, you know, do certainly hope that as revenues improve, et cetera, there, there is more that we can dedicate to the Ambulance Authority, but... Uh, this was a responsible allocation for them, given both their operating surplus last year and the opportunity for them to not use cash to purchase capital that could be leased.
0: Thank you, Mr. Saunders. Mr. Brown, is your hand up as well? No, ma'am. Okay, I just saw a
5: blinking there. Okay, so. Madam President, Madam President one more yes, thing. Yes, Mr. I'm, Please. Mr. Um, I'm getting a lot of calls, and I. I not gonna go not gonna go there Lincoln with some of the calls because I know that the mayor and I've already had a discussion um but I do not want um people to think that that I'm just letting something happen that happened you know with a project in my district and I know that um we've we've had a we've had a conversation and I and I'm very um grateful Lincoln for you and the mayor for talking to me. But it's in the district about my Hickory Hill Community Center. And I know that, you know, we've had some, um, we've had some things happen over there that we couldn't do, get our, we couldn't get, get the project rolling as fast as, as fast as we wanted to because we had to get some, um, utility poles and things like that moved from the field. But I know that, that I, I'm letting my people know that Hickory Hill has not been put on the back burner. And that you and the mayor on top of it, um, helping me move the Hickory Hill, um, community project forward. And, um, so I don't, I didn't want that to be left out. Like I'm just not commenting on it. And also with the infrastructure, like over there at McGuire, I know that, um, we, they've been promised. I know my colleague brings up about things that she's been waiting for. I've been waiting a long, long time, over 20 years. For the um, for the flooding over there on Chapel Drive and McGuire, all up in that area, and I've been promised that it's going to happen this year. Also, with streets, been waiting 30, 40 years for a neighborhood to be paved, and that's the um, Dearborn um, subdivision. And they, you know, they've been waiting and waiting. And I know that we've been promised that that's going to happen. So I just want my colleague to know that, you know, being on council for 20 some years. Things don't happen overnight, and and yes, I'm very I get very very frustrated, and and so did my citizens, especially when we've made promises that have been broken. But I do believe that um, that these projects are going to happen, and I know I appreciate you, Lincoln, for taking your time every month to have a meeting with me and also the mayor, so that we can be on the same page. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you, uh,
5: Mr. Addison.
2: Thank you, Council President. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Brown, thank you for the review. A lot more detail from the initial presentation back in March. Just a couple questions. Um, one, uh, with the potential of the recovery money coming in the next 60 days, I think that's what the code says. Um, how have we outlined any eligible projects or expenses that are due to be eligible for those types of funding? And if we haven't yet, can we create a kind of a shared task force to explore what that could look like to see what what projects or f- funding initiatives could be eligible under our city aspects for the recovery funding um and I think the question around schools would be imperative to have a discussion around as well just because I feel that there are a lot of projects that fit under that classification for expenses and a lot of it's due to education. just wanted to make sure we were thinking about the best step forward and it seems like to Ms. Trammell's point, the um, Richmond Ambulance Authority could fall under some of that um, requirement as they are a frontline impact of response to COVID in our city. So, just wanted to kind of see how we could have that conversation as we for that be coming in.
3: Yes, sir. And yes. I think, um, Councilman Addison, uh, that's a very timely question. Uh, staff have already been doing their research on the ARP funds, particularly as it relates to the limited information that we have now on the allowable uses, uh, the city is poised to receive some funding. I think we're still waiting on definitive guidance, uh, but we've already started to do our research on what the allowable on what we understand the allowable uses are. Um, we are also working on developing a um, summarization of the multiple funding sources that the city has coming in to include what we have already used in CARES funding, Um The additional funding coming from ARP funds, um, the additional funding that schools has coming through, I believe around $55 million, um, in CARES funding as well and ensuring that we understand exactly what those funds can be used for. What are we spending, spending it on? Um, and we're also, um, uh, reaching out to our neighbors to see what their plans are. I can't say that we started doing that last week and, um, the, uh, either VML or, 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 VACO. And I believe in i have already indicated that, um, they're still waiting for more guidance for the federal government until they come up with those plans. But I can say that we are actually starting to do that research right now on what those allowable uses are. And I imagine that there will be some sort of a collaborative process uh, between administration and um, council as we move move forward and understanding what the funds can be used for um, and working together to identify um what those priorities are um, rel- relative to um, those additional funds so um, that was that was a very time timely question, and uh, staff have already started to do their research on that
0: and I'll ask Mr. Saunders to speak to this as, this well. as well, but Mr. Addison um, to that point we have begun conversation to relative to the ARP funding to come in and a collaborative process between council administration looking to bring something back to the body. Uh, Mr. Saunders.
6: Uh, yes, thank you, President Newbell. Not, not a whole lot to add to that other than just to affirm what, you're, what you just suggested there. We have begun the conversation with council leadership, uh, budget staff as well as council staff are, are working together sharing documentation related to the various funding uh, mechanisms and allowable uh, expenditures that, that uh, we can consider. Uh, with this funding uh, and we are looking forward to establishing a a collaborative process with City Council. Um, I believe that that may be in Council's Court to kind of decide a little bit of what that structure could look like whether we would like to use um, uh, budget sessions, uh, finance committee or gov ops meetings per se whether as to so to when and where to structure those conversations but uh, we certainly are beginning to map out um, both the what the what the legislation allows for, waiting for that um, more definitive guidance from Treasury and look forward to that conversation with City Council.
0: Um, thank you. And uh, absolutely, Mr. Addison, that it will come back to yes. the Council body to review, refine and further enhance. But definitely looking to that collaborative process with the ARP funds that will become available once we... Uh, certainly know how much and the guidance that go with it. So uh, more to come with that. And hopefully to have something by our next meeting uh, is the goal to bring to the body for further discussion and decisioning. So with that, I don't want to lose. Yes.
2: Just one last follow up would be around the revenue projections. I'm sure we've noticed they're pretty flat compared to last year's. budget, are there any state indicators that show any, you mentioned that the sales tax, internet sales um, could potentially offset some of the loss of sales tax revenue from some of our storefronts uh, based upon those sales being done from our addresses in the city. Uh, what does that look like for other revenue sources as it, as it relates to um, our current projections for FY22? Because I see a lot of your forecasted numbers are the same as last year and just wanted to know when we can see that kind of real numbers play out as it relates to the third quarter, fourth quarter ideals because just curious to see exactly how everything's gonna hit the ground running given our uncertainty.
3: Sure. And I think I think you hit the hit the nail on the head um respectfully, Councilman Addison is that uh, there are still some unknowns. and uh, we are optimistic that things are going to get better sooner rather than later. If you recall, the five year forecast kind of projected us to be kind of, kind of fully out of the pandemic by FY 2023. But with the advent of the vaccine, it's my professional opinion that, um, we are hopeful that we will start to see, uh, some turnaround in FY 22 a little bit. Um, but, um, it's going to depend on how things kind of play out. Um, and so I, you know, I, th- I think this is going to be kind of like a, um, continuously monitoring, kind of watch and waiting. If it looks like things are better than what we are project, we will certainly um, be working with city council to do that budget amendment, kind of very similar to what we've done in this current fiscal year. Um, we're hopeful that it won't go the other way around. Um, but, um, you are right. It's, 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 it's unpredictable now. Um, this, I believe that the state has done better in certain areas, but, um, we are, we rely heavily on our real estate taxes and those, Consumer driven taxes and, uh, we, you know, we need to, we need people to be safe and healthy and, um, and I'm optimistic that, um, in due time that, um, that consumer spending behaviors will reflect, um, that being safe. So, um, I hope that kind of answers like questions in a broad, uh, in a broad sense, but, um, uh, it is something that we are going to be continuously monitoring and I'm hopeful. Um, that things will be a little bit better, but, uh, uh, as you recall last year, um, mm-hmm. I always make this comment that when the mayor presented his budget last year on March 6, seven days later, we were shutting down yep. as the city. So, um, we're gonna have to just make sure that we keep on monitoring things. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Dr. Brown. Uh,
0: miss Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. Councilwoman Jordan, can you? The, we're not hearing you as well. Right. Can you okay. lean closer to the mic, maybe? I'm not sure have, what the audio. Um, I have a shy
4: microphone apparently, and it takes a while okay. to be comfortable in a public setting. But,
10: um, Mike, first of all, thank you for the presentation, Mr. Brown. You always break it into um, digestible segments. I did want to zero in on the. Complete streets in the transportation segment, since that is such a large portion of our budget at, down at 33.5%. Do you think that's something we could have a separate presentation on? Um, like the fourth district, the second doesn't have any CIP projects right now. And a lot of the requests that our district and I feel like many of the other districts have do revolve around sidewalks, streets, and some of that city infrastructure. So I would love to see some more detail in um, another presentation if possible. Uh, Also wondering within the transportation budget, and actually the budget in general, what the city is doing towards our RVA Green 2050 goals, and if that has been a factor at all as you develop these projects.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. Mr. Brown, any comment at this point?
3: Um, the only comment I would say is that I do I do not see a problem with giving a separate presentation on the transportation portion of the CIP, and I can um, absolutely work with staff to see if uh, to see how this budget um, impacts the um, RVA Green 250 goals for you. That's something I will have to follow up on for you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Brown. Sure. With that, Councilman Jones.
11: Thank you, Madam President. Good Monday afternoon, everybody. Uh, Mr. Brown, again, thank you for your presentation. I just want to say this, uh, make this comment for my colleagues and for the administration, just to remind them of the things that I hear in the 9th District as it relates to um, um, that thing called annexing. A lot of the promises that were made to us back in the 70s of what would happen and what should happen uh, haven't happened. I just want to... At some point, Mr. Brown and Mr. Saunders understand when we can get, uh, you know, to, to some of those serious issues that we have. We still have a major thoroughfare in Hall Street Road uh, that has not been uh, that we do not have sidewalks. It's unsafe to walk. Uh, there's several streets. Uh, well, I shouldn't say several. Um, our number one issue on the south side is flooding. And so the challenge is talking about raising those. Uh, the fees and we're still flooding, but I understand that we're getting projects, projects as well, uh, a, as we come online. So I just want to just continue to share that with, um, the, the rest of my colleagues. When I came on council, um, gosh, four years ago, five years ago, um, one of the things that we saw was the appropriations within the CIP as related to the ninth district and grateful that my colleagues on council supported uh uh more funding moving towards the ninth district. Glad to see the administration has moved more funding consistently into the ninth district. We're playing catch up we 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 make no doubt about it. The ninth district has been behind for so long and and i that's the one thing I hear I don't think taxpayers should say that 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 should not be something they feel as if they're being left behind and left out of conversations and so um, you know again, it's easy to talk equity until it's time to be equitable uh that means in order for that to happen, the districts that have uh received a lot of funding historically um you know we're we're gonna need to exercise some of that same patience that uh a lot of South side neighborhoods have had to uh endure and so I understand and I hear all the challenges and concerns but even with that, we're still behind. No matter what happens as of today, um, we are still behind. And so, Mr. Brown, at some point, I would really love to sit down in the coming months and talk about um uh, the financial impact of, you know, those promises of the annex. And again, I know none of us were on council <laughs> in the 70s. Uh, when that happened, but I have a lot of residents who are here and they remember and they know and they're concerned and they have a right to be. And so, Miss Brown, that would be something I'd love to sit down with you and Mr. Saunders uh, and have an extended conversation on uh to see how we can move things forward and what that looks like. Uh, we already know that it's three hundred and thirty one million dollars to impact or begin to mitigate flooding on. The South Side. Okay, when does that begin? How do we continue to do that? How do we move that further down the road? Um, and so, that's the challenge. So, thank you, Madam President. Okay.
0: Yes, thank sir. Thank you, um, Councilman Jones, Mister Brown, and Mister Saunders. Um, I trust you will be able to accommodate uh, Councilman Jones's request the to request sit down, down, down relative
4: down.
0: to South Side uh, improvements, infrastructure-wise.
3: Yes, ma'am. Certainly, A- absolutely.
0: Okay, so you'll be scheduling a time with him
6: uh, absolutely. If the councilman's amenable to, to making that a topic at our next monthly meeting, uh, that would be a great opportunity. Oh, thank,
0: thank, you. All right. thank you. Um I think see Ms. Lambert and then Miss Trammell.
4: Thank you, Madam President. Um one last question I had a follow up. I have to take a page out of my colleague's book of Miss Larson and ask all questions at one time. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to find out, um, you had said, uh, Mr. Brown, the risk management claims had increased. Um, I was just curious as to what type of claims are people filing um, against the city and are um, a lot of those claims being approved and paid out? I was just curious as to that since there was an increase.
3: Thank you. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, I will have to get back some more specific information for you. But I believe some of maybe a small portion or some portion of the claims may have been some sidewalk claims. OK, Um, there may have been some incidents over sidewalks within the city, in addition to um, claims oh, associated with city facilities related to the civil unrest last summer. OK, yeah, because um, one of
4: the issues and concerns in my district is the sidewalks. And um, as I was told, a lot of the trees that are planted, they're now growing to where they're uprooting a lot of sidewalks. And so folks are starting to file more claims because they're falling. So I just wanted to get some clarification on that. Is that where a majority of the claims coming from? Is it the sidewalks?
3: I can can certainly um, reach out to our risk management department and get that specific information for you. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Mr. Brown. Mr. Saunders, were you desirous of speaking to that item?
3: I just wanted
6: to add that um, sidewalks and then and workers' comp generally um, are, are two of the biggest um, you know claims on our uh, risk fund. Uh, and workers' comp can be you know any number of issues, but we've certainly seen a lot this year related to COVID-19 and related impacts.
4: Perfect. Thank
5: you. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. Um, Jay, I want to make sure that I recover the million dollars that was taken from my project. Um, I want to make sure that I get that back this year. Also, I want to um, say that I'd like to have a million dollars put into um, the Hickory Hill Community Center for the next five years. And also, I want to say that I understand that, you know, all of us nine council members, we need, we need things for our district. And I know that You know, we've been waiting and waiting and promise, promise. We promise the people. And then every time there's an election year, every single time. And I'll just mention myself because I know I can I can say that probably some of you others probably, you know, that's re-ran for city council um, for your seat. You've probably heard the same thing. She has done nothing. She has done not this. She is not. Look at your neighborhood. Look at the Jefferson Davis corridor. We named we just got that renamed to Richmond Highway. And I want to hold that governor's feet to the fire and make sure that he gives that million dollars that was promised back during the fall, that he would revitalize. Um, then it was called Jefferson Davis. Want to see that money. And somebody needs to, you know, let him know. That it's is nine council members over here. We don't have the money for everything, but we we represent I represent 27,000 people. And I know you all do, too, because there's over 200 and probably 50,000 people in the city of Richmond right now, maybe more. But something needs to be done because it's not fair that we catch holy hell and that we told we've done nothing. We're not just, we don't come to City Hall every single day during the budget. We don't come here doing our council meetings. We don't take all these phone calls. We're not out here in the district every single day not doing our job. And please make it clear that we make 25000 Somebody told me, Sarah, you make $100,000. I don't know where in the hell that's coming from. All nine council members, 25000 The mayor makes maybe a hundred and some. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he makes, but I know we make 25000 and I know that we work every single day. We don't complain. We love serving our citizens. But when you hear this stuff out there and you see it on the, out there on social media, she hadn't done this, she hadn't done that, he hadn't done this, he hadn't done that, that's a bunch of lies. But you know what? When they're looking at the drainage over there at McGuire, they're looking at the streets not being paved, they look at all the potholes, they look at the other things that, we, that we've been working on and it's not getting done. We do not write those checks. We do not write the checks. We can sit here, all nine of us, complain, complain. But you know what? What is I want to see something getting done in the next year. I want to see the things that we put in. And I and I appreciate and Road getting paid. I appreciate the paving. I mean, Jefferson Davis Corridor got paid what paid what six years ago. It looks like a hellhole. It, the, it's all buckled up. It was done wrong. Why well, take our money just to say we got it done, and then four years from now it's got to be redone again, more millions so, of dollars, and it, and okay. it, you know we're being ripped off, being ripped off. But that's so, and I okay. know that I'm upset, but when I'm getting these calls and somebody just said, you know, I called the mayor's office, I can't get Lincoln. Well, Lincoln will uh-huh. call you back. He's in a budget meeting with us right now. They want to know about the million dollars. I told okay. him the million dollars is coming back for the Hickory Hill Community Center. Thank you, Madam President.
0: Thank you, Ms. Trammell. And uh, I'm assuming Mr. Saunders or Mr. Brown will speak speak to, um, several of us will be bringing forth amendments uh, during the budget amendment process. And so um, Ms. Trammell has indicated that you already will be working with her. And so Mr. Brown, are you trying to weigh in or Mr. Saunders in that regard?
6: Um, Dr. Newbell, no specific response other than Ms. Tramwell, if somebody's reaching out, we'll definitely get back to them um, and separately look forward to working with council on any um, amendments. And yes, we are working in our capital budget to make sure we are able to fund uh, as many of our community projects as possible. We are, I believe, trying to be slightly more intentional to make sure that we can we can actually complete a project based on what's funded uh, as we then work through uh, work through the list and get to as much as we can but look forward to future conversations on that topic.
0: Okay. So you will be meeting with Ms. Trammell relative to the item she she raised. Is that correct?
6: Of course. Yes, ma'am. Okay.
0: Thank you. Mr. Brown, was there something additional? No, ma'am. Okay. Members, uh, any additional questions at this point? We have several follow-up items, which – Mr. Brown and uh, Mr. Saunders will come back with us on as well as our staff. Our next budget work session is scheduled for the 5th at uh, that should be at one o'clock as well. Um, Mr. Eichelberger, do you want to just confirm that for me?
9: Um, Yes, ma'am. The next budget work session is at one o'clock on April 5th. That's and what I have. The main topic of that presentation is going to be your staff's uh, analysis of the mayor's proposed operating budget. Again, the, the capital budget will be the week after that um, on a, a going back to a topic of discussion from a few minutes ago. I just want to make sure that the council members understand the time frames that or at least what we know now about the time frames. Uh, of the federal ARP money, right, so I heard somebody mention that we 'd be getting that money within sixty days that 's probably not correct. Um, what 's going to happen within sixty days of the President signing that that legislation is that the Treasury Department is going to provide their guidance, and that guidance is also going to probably include the definition of a certification process that the federal government will ask the city of Richmond and all other localities to provide back to treasury. And then the way it reads is uh, the localities will get their monies within 60 days of providing that certification. So getting this money is not imminent. And we do have time to work with the administration and others to flesh it out and develop a process that will you know accommodate everyone that's all i have on that
0: thank you mr eichelberger and we definitely will be doing just as you've indicated in terms of developing that process and path forward miss larson i believe councilwoman larson i believe i see your hand there uh
7: thank you dr nabell um just in light of what uh councilmember trammell brought up about the ambulance authority getting A million less dollars in their budget this year. I think it would be good if we could um, get an update from Chip Chip Decker when we get the presentations from the other department heads to just hear what um, impact that would have.
0: Okay. We will certainly um, look to include a Ms. Larson uh, when those presentations come forward. Thank you. Thank you. Members, are there any other questions or comments at this time? Seeing none. Ms. Lambert. I- yeah. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. I now didn't see your hand. Good. Okay. But I saw your picture. Right, yes.
4: Yeah. I was trying to hit my hand up. I just Don't had some, um, additional questions, but I'll just email them to Mr. Brown and that way he can address them for me. So that way, you know, we can you can end the meeting. I just wanted to mention that. So I have okay. other problems.
0: Sure. And if there are other questions as well, uh, please do just as Ms. Lambert has indicated she'll be doing is sending them to Mr. Brown. And Mr. Brown, we would ask that you would uh certainly be responsive in our staff as well. Uh if there are questions, members you can also get them to them and uh where it is the case that it would be something that would be helpful for us all if you could share those responses back. But this is not the only time that you have to ask questions. Uh, we could send our questions in and, and receive responses back from them uh, from um, um, the administration as well. With that, any other items? Hey. Okay seeing none members thank you for joining uh, this second work session as indicated the third work session for uh, council will be on the fifth at 1 and look forward to your joining then and please get any questions um, as was just indicated to uh, mr. Brown and/ or mr. Saunders and there are several follow-up items that they've committed to um, and so we look forward to um, that those actions occurring as well. With that, members, the second uh, budget work session for Richmond City Council is now adjourned. Thank you, everyone.